0: Hello, I'm Haya, and thank you for welcoming us into your ears. You've tuned in to Human Awareness, a podcast about what it means to be human and the various ways that that shows up for people.
1: And hi, I'm Kate, and I'm so glad to have you here with us. Haya and I are representing the Human Awareness Institute, or HI for short, as we explore important themes related to love, intimacy, and sexuality. Obviously, our podcast can't replace our workshops, But we hope that in these interviews, you're able to catch a glimpse of who we are and what we
0: do. Shall we get started with the interview?
1: Yes. Come settle in with me and I'll hit play.
0: Hello, all you wonderful humans. Um, We're back with another episode of uh, the Human Awareness Podcast. And um, I'm here with my co-host, Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi.
1: So good to be with you.
0: Yes, it's good to be back. And we have a wonderful um, guest today. Um, this episode is going out on Valentine's Day. And there's been a bit of a, a challenge with um, with being intimate with people in that everybody's quarantined, everybody's a little bit scared of touch and all that sort of stuff. And our guest today, um, she has actually guided me through some really beautiful uh, experiences uh, over the past couple of years. I did a men's group with her at some point and she tapped into an eroticism that i didn't know existed in me which is absolutely beautiful um and so we thought about okay what what would it be like to have this conversation with her about um you know exploring the erotic uh remotely Mm. (laughs) so essentially (laughs) like how to phone sex i think (laughs) (laughs) um so, um, dear guest, uh, what is your name?s what pronouns do you use, and where are you in the world?
2: My name is Ariel Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm currently residing on the big island of Hawaii
0: in the Puna area. My goodness, that sounds awful for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's very alive here. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I believe you. Uh, I... As soon as we started talking about this um ariel you were kind of top of my list for people to talk to um you have this it's it's actually kind of a shame to only talk about this with you so we might have to have you back for another episode at some point but Mm -hmm. you had this incredible embodiment of your feminine power that is unlike anything i've seen in anybody else actually um which is such a gift and i wonder like, as I, as I was kind of thinking about um, doing an episode on, on well, remote eroticism. Mm. Um, what, like, where does that come from? I'm thinking back mm. to the first time I tried to, you know, get on the phone with somebody and be sexy. And I felt so self-conscious. A self-consciousness mm. that I don't have in person. And I don't even have really on video because you have this other connection. But this remoteness, this just being in disembodied voice felt really strange to me and i was just wondering okay how do you tap into like a connection with somebody else i think that Mm. might be a really interesting place to start
2: Mm, that's beautiful yeah you know before uh as i was getting prepared for this podcast today i was just making a couple of notes on things that felt relevant to weave into this conversation um Not really attached to all of them being in, but one of them was just feeling into the perks of audio only connection, you know, in the world of thinking that, oh, well, more is better. So if I can see you, it means that there's even more intimacy, which is true in some circumstances. But I actually find that when there's no video and there's audio only, there's this intimacy. Um, through the not being able to be seen and to me that primary intimacy actually begins with the intimacy that I get to have with myself in the privacy of my own space as I share my erotic energy and the the movement of
0: my erotic energy with another person yeah that's beautiful and I think you see that across so many things, right? I mean, somebody much smarter than me once said that the enemy of art is the absence of limitation. You know, if you don't have limitations, it is very hard to kind of shape what you're trying to do. And in a way, you know, if you're connecting with somebody in real life, just turning the lights off and taking that sense out of the loop is really sexy. Mm. Or I don't know if you've ever tried this. Having sex with earplugs in is really bizarre because <laughs> you can't never hear anything.
2: Tried that before.
0: Try it. Try it. It is bizarre. It is completely weird. But there is this thing. You have this completely different awareness of the sounds you make and the the sounds the other person is making.
2: Uh-huh. Well, I just, I, this, this piece, this piece, it's going to weave into what we're talking about on the phone. But I love the idea of having earplugs in because I feel like the utilization of our voice is a key way that we are kind of trained to let other people know how we're doing, what we're feeling, mm-hmm. what we're experiencing. And part of what I want to, you know, invite is that as we're exploring phone sex that deeper than anything that we could say on the phone, it actually begins with the energy that we are embodying and cultivating and moving that can actually be felt through the phone. Mm-hmm regardless of where you are in the world, we actually have the ability to transmit energy and be connected in a way that even if voice isn't there, we can be felt. So I love you bringing up the idea of having sex with earplugs, and I'm going to try that sometime. (laughs)
1: I, I am appreciating what both of you are saying about, you know, what can come forward when we kind of take away the extra, like there's this way in which we kind of deprive some of our senses in order to enhance others. And, um, especially around the intimacy part, Ariel, that you were touching in on, um, I, I have actually like a very early first experience with phone sex. I was like 12 or 13 when I connected with this guy that wasn't at my school, but we were in the same town and it wasn't phone sex, but I look back on it and it was so sweet. We'd have these long conversations on the phone, right? Because we didn't have texting or anything like that at the time. And I just, there was a, there was a way in which that relationship was so profound because we spent so much time just talking to each other. We didn't really see each other in person. We weren't really involved in each other's lives except for these long engaged phone conversations late into the night. And yeah, I just agree with you that there's this like tenderness that can come through. Maybe like you can take risks that you wouldn't otherwise take because you have that kind of security of being a little bit further distanced, um, especially with people that you're connecting with kind of in the early phases of of bonding.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. I love that, Kate. And I think the interesting piece about that is that I feel like that particular type of connection really taps into the quality time love language, right? It's you, you're doing texting. You can not kind of do absent minded. The phone is like one of those single threaded things, much like recording a podcast. You You are just you are present with the people you are talking to and there isn't there is nothing else in the world in that moment really because you're you're so focused on that thing and i wonder whether that is part of the opportunity for phone sex
2: yeah i i just really want to expand the range of what phone sex means because I believe also in in person sex. Sex is so much more than just penetration, and I feel that a lot of people are missing out on what's actually possible and available in sex because we've been shown such a small spectrum of what arousal actually is, what sensuality and sexuality is, what sex can be even when there's no penetration involved whatsoever and to me it invites a level of intimacy and vulnerability with self that we're just not really taught anywhere so to cultivate you know the practice of phone sex uh, there's a lot of intimacy and willingness to to really feel ourselves and to be witnessed in the exploration of our own arousal, really.
0: Yes, totally. And I think my my original awkwardness with phone sex was like the, I fell into the trap of trying to describe what I was going to slash doing to that other person, mm. and that description wasn't sexy. <laughs> you know, it was mechanical. It was like s- slot A goes into peg B type thing, <laughs> and that just was it wasn't hot. And I f- think only much later did I um discovered tantra and i discovered some like more energetic connections and i was like oh wait a minute there is something here where it's possible to drop into an energetic connection with another person and i think that is really what what that could be like mm-hmm. the problem of course is i don't think i've ever heard an example of that you know if you look up anything like if you google phone sex if you google anything like that you get Uh, the kind of television crass um, thing, which, I mean, can be sexy, don't get me wrong, but it isn't that level of connection that I would want with a lover.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's two pieces here that arise for me that I'd love to touch into, and one of them is the piece around um, the role of performance. And again, this can show up whether it's in in in-person sex, but, you know, when you said you were describing what you'd like to do to this person over the phone... That can be super yummy, but the question is, um, am I doing this from a performative place because I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, or am I doing this because this is really the authentic, juicy desire that is arising for me in the moment? And to me, that's what catalyzes the energetic connection when we're willing to drop the scripts, uh, get out of the mind about what this is supposed to look like, how I'm supposed to be performing, and instead really oh, like tuning in with my body and also being willing to be in the silence on a phone mm. with a person, like being willing for there to be space on the phone where perhaps all you are going to hear is the like the the gentle movement of breath and really being willing to To put the hard, fast, intense, deep, you know, that we've been conditioned is what sex is supposed to look like, like put that on the shelf and allow ourselves to really slow down so that we can feel, so that I can feel myself and my turn on in my body and give this other person the gift of feeling me in my own juiciness like to me what i have experienced is yeah you know there's it almost it almost feels like the a masculine versus a feminine expression of uh you know the masculine feminine polarity exists within all of us regardless of gender but i would feel into more of the the masculine assertive form of phone sex is, you know, talking about this is what I'm going to do to you. It's more of the dominant state of attention. Whereas the receptive, the feminine, the the yin expression of that is, this is what I'm feeling in my body. And even if I'm not going to say a word about what I'm doing to myself, I'm going to let you feel and receive my energy and my expression when I just give myself permission to really drop into my own pleasure. Did you feel that?
1: Mm, I think Haya and I are sitting over here with our... (laughs) Heart's open. Yeah, no, I am. open. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love to hear. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm loving, loving, loving what you're saying, you know, just, and, and demonstrating, like, just to slow down, connect, that it, um, I love the permission that you just gave to not have to perform. Mm-hmm. I think we all do that. We can slip into that regardless of our role, and um, yeah, I just felt my whole body slow down. Like, even my speech feels like, What am I trying to say? because I just feel present with you right now, and um, yeah, really lovely, really lovely
2: being present with me,
1: mm hmm, and they're just like. I think I'll just speak for myself but I wonder if others might feel this way like somehow we we we're so conditioned to just go so fast <laughs> even during a pandemic when we're there's nowhere to go we like spin our wheels and spin our wheels and to connect with someone intimately whether you're with them or not I mean I I just love that um you know I think that in some ways remote loving is is riskier for a lot of people, right? Like you can't kind of hide as much. And so um, what I appreciate about what you're encouraging is to allow the same soft slowing down and nurturing that happens within oneself when we surrender to what love can bring, you know, love making. Um, and it hadn't really occurred to me that that could be one of the benefits of remote connection Um, like on one end of the spectrum, I I kind of think of it as like a kink or like an erotic, exciting, like fast, you know, kind of in that category. But you just opened up this whole category of like, well, it can also be this very like embodied with self slowing down the nervous system, co-regulating experience. It doesn't have to be this like hyper eroticized experience. that's very fast and quippy, if that makes sense.
2: It totally does. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. And it also, it's, it's so deep, it it can be so deeply healing. And you were saying, you know, phone sex seems riskier in some realms, but it's also way safer in a lot of realms. And I'm going to take it to kind of some kind of like deep, like sort of heavy territory for a moment, but it feels relevant and important because it's been a key aspect of my own personal journey and actually being able to liberate and cultivate my erotic energy. In an intentional way. Uh, you know, you were saying we're conditioned to move so quickly in life, you know, in work, in career, and also in intimacy, in sex. And a lot of the work that I do um, teaches around the wound at the point of penetration. And the wound at the point of penetration is not just something that happens, you know. You know, a lot of people will think of that as something sexual. But to me, the wound, the point of penetration is any moment where something enters into our energetic field, like the container of our energy, uh, without our consent, without our attunement, maybe it's an idea, maybe it's a desire, maybe it's an expectation, and maybe it is a, you know, a sexual organ. But that it comes in and we allow it to come in without realizing that we actually have the right to say no. And this happens so many times over the course of our life, you know, whether it's in family, of just the fear of being rejected, the fear of not being loved, the fear of not belonging, you know, will often drive so many of us to say yes to things that our body is actually a no to. And what winds up happening is that we perpetuate this this abandonment of self. And this can often show up in our sexual experiences, you know, so much of the work that I do with women is just looking at where we have felt like, you know, we don't even trust our voice or trust our desire or trust our body because there's been such conditioning that, you know, Like, I need to give of myself in order to make love stay. And in, you know, modern American culture, sex and the portrayal of sex is not based upon what is true about female orgasm and just how much safety. And again, I'm generalizing now because safety is important regardless of gender. But what so many of us I see are doing are rushing Around saying yes to things, moving so fast in our intimate and neurotic connections that we're not even fully present in our body when we're saying yes to it and really slowing down. And you know, like being willing to make this pact with ourselves of I will not take another step, I will not like open more until my full being is here and a yes to it i am committed to being fully here present in my body like unwilling to abandon any aspect of myself in order to make love i hadn't really put that together
1: before that's such an important ingredient to reclaiming one's voice to to getting back in touch with one's body signals is that slowing it down, right? Because otherwise we, it's so easy to miss when those signals are, are turned way down, the volume's really low, it's easy to miss it if we're moving fast. Um, it's kind of like intuitive eating, like that whole concept of slowing down enough to know when your belly's full, you know, like you can't get the signals if you don't slow down. Um, so I'm just a- appreciating that wisdom. And I'm i am curious, Arielle, if you have a sense of like, you um, how we can cultivate a sense of choice and empowerment, um, a sense of being attuned in the context of relationship with other. And is that something that we can play with in from a remote
2: stance? Yes. You know, what's, what's arising for me when you ask that question is within the context of, and this, we can apply this to, phone sex, like this applies to all sexual experiences, but being willing to bring in the the uncomfortable truths, the the vulnerabilities, the emotions, um, and realizing them as an essential aspect of our sexual experiences. And what I mean by that is, Let's say I'm on the phone with you know an intimate partner or a lover and we're getting into some really hot and juicy and yummy territory and I have this big opening in my energy, maybe I climax and then afterwards I notice that there are these emotions that are arising and I'm noticing there's something in me that's shutting down or there's something in me that's contracting or pulling away. Um, often what can happen is we think that, oh, that's that's going to ruin the mood. Like that's not supposed to be a part of this phone sex experience. So I'm going to act like it's not happening and just kind of perform over it. Um, so my invitation is actually seeing the vulnerabilities and the discomforts that arise as something that's welcome at the table of conversation and connection in all of our sexual experiences as an aspect of the sexual experience, because really just emotion is another form of orgasm and um, really prioritizing bringing sexual connections into our life where that type of expression and orgasm is welcome as well.
0: Yeah, totally. I, I was in a workshop at some point where somebody was talking about um, the use of aftercare um, after like BDSM activity um, and said, look, what if you try that after all all kind of erotic connection? The invitation was basically to say, look, um, snuggle, cuddle, talk, be like continue that connection because exactly of that vulnerability. Right. It comes up for people often, uh, whether that is just exhaustion or shame or maybe a little bit of disappointment or just like the desire for it to continue but it can't right then or whatever that emotion is but I feel like traveling through that with like appropriate aftercare is really important and again if you can't see the other person or you can't necessarily fully dial into what their emotional state is asking might be actually really important like hey that was beautiful how are you doing now kind of thing Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: I mean, what comes up for me is I just, you know, began a new intimate connection out here. And I really, it's, it's, it's not even just the before the aftercare. It's also the before care. Like I had this beautiful experience. I was connecting Mm -hmm. with this man. And before we started, you know, we were starting to get into yummy sensual energy. And then before we really got into anything, you know, he asked me, what is your relationship status? What are your desires? What are your boundaries? Uh, What does this connection mean to you? Like, is there a story that you're creating about what this connection means? And just having that pre-framework of creating safety with each other. And then during the experience, you know, we played a couple of three-minute games where for three minutes, we would share touch in different ways and then reflect on what that felt like. And, you know, we wound up spending the whole day together and having a lot of really yummy opening. And then I noticed about a day and a half after, um, and like, you know, I felt cared for and I was feeling vulnerable and kind of ungrounded. And there was this big opening that occurred and just wanting to feel connection around it and just even noticing in myself like, wow, the fear that arose in asking for that or fearing that that was too much. And then realizing I actually desire intimate relationships in my life that want to be leaned in Mm. for creating that safety and creating that connection. And I reached out and I got to ask like, Hey, we had this beautiful opening. And what I'm noticing is I would love to just have some space to talk with you and just share about what arose and connect with that and ground in that. And it was beautiful to be received there. And yeah, my experiences I know for myself um, and when I speak to others is that there's a, there, there feels like there can be this fear of bringing vulnerability in for fear that it's asking too much And it also seems like the undercover thing that all of us are so deeply longing to know is allowed to be Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm.
1: We are all about bringing in the vulnerable. We are right there with you on that. I'm I'm wondering, so I'm hearing a lot about um, how essential it is that we tune in to ourselves, to our partner, that we... Explore some of these kind of vulnerable conversations about what we hope to create with one another, both before and then also afterwards. How was that for you? Was there any takeaways, things like that? And I, I wonder, Arielle, if you might be willing to speak to someone who might be listening to us who's who's resonating with this conversation. Like, yeah, I really want to kind of get into a space that's intimate remotely with someone, but, and I want to do it in a way that's connected and vulnerable and intimate, but I just have no idea what that might look like. What would you say to that person about what they might dip their toes into?
2: Yeah. Well, the first thing that I would say is choose your practice and play partners wisely. You know, choose... When you' when you're connecting with someone, like really tune in with yourself and just notice like, does my nervous system feel good about opening into the risky and unknown waters of human connection? So that might sound simple, but just prerequisiting it with choosing people who have shown through the way that they're pract- like showing up in your life that this is someone that feels like there's some safety in opening up with. Um, So I begin there. Um, Another thing that I would do is before you actually go into, you know, the container, like to me, I am a big fan of creating containers uh, and relationships and intimacy, which are based upon the, the desires and the boundaries and the areas of growth and exploration that each person is longing for. So I would say each person have the opportunity to share maybe what some of your desires are to experience in the space, Um, what some of your boundaries are, like where being really clear on where you're just such a solid no and bringing that into the space and having that be mutually understood is a really helpful way to support our nervous system in being able to unwind and relax on an unconscious and subconscious level. Because if there's a part of us that has a boundary where it's like, I want to keep leaning in, but I don't want this thing to happen, but I'm kind of afraid or uncomfortable about speaking the thing, then our nervous system, our vigilance center is never going to be able to fully relax and drop into a relaxation pleasure state because we're constantly tracking, like worrying that we might get to that point where our, bound, our, our boundary might be violated. Mm-hmm. So yeah. really being clear on that. Um, perhaps sharing some of the, the fears that are coming up for you of like, I'm really excited about this, but I'm a little nervous about this. And I just want to share this with you so that we can be connected around it because I'm not even attached to these fears being real. It's just something that I'm feeling and I want you to know what's going on. You know, just like get letting the person in on your situation. (laughs) Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, what I would say, because, you know, quote unquote dirty talk, like, I don't even know if I like that phrase, but, you know, people, I think people can get hung up on the fear of not knowing what to say. So, what I would recommend as a baseline is like when you get on the phone, like, first of all, Use a headset. Don't require yourself to hold the phone <laughs> you doing the thing. Let your hands be free. And, you know, perhaps for the first 5, 10, maybe even 15 minutes, really just focus on, like, each of you touching your own bodies. You know, a big part of this is learning how to activate the, the lover within, like really learning how to touch your body and be in relationship with yourself as you would want to touch and adore, you know, your your favorite lover. And really giving yourself permission to God, ah, like kiss your arms, like feel your thighs, like feel your breasts feel your belly and like allow your body to move sort of even not forget the other person is there but let go of the part of you that's trying to track the other person's experience and just really let yourself sink into your own juiciness because in all honesty that's where chemistry is chemistry does not begin with like trying to figure out exactly what the other person wants and giving it to them it's through being connected to my own turn on and just letting it move through my body and just be in that space with that person with full permission to not utilize any words if you don't want to and just see what arises and perhaps even say you know if you're really nervous about it it's like okay we're going to have a call for 30 minutes or 45 minutes and it's going to kind of be open for three quarters of the time and then for the last quarter we're going to kind of have like a grounding period where we can just share anything that came up like what did you notice what did you enjoy what was a little uncomfortable and perhaps making any requests of like this is really lovely and I feel like maybe what would feel good is if we could have a check-in call in a few days just to like see how we're feeling if there's any other communications that need to be had um, which will really support you and actually being able to continue staying open and allowing for the yumminess of that connection to flow through your body as opposed to like fears and uncertainties to have us like close up or contract or have judgment about the experience.
0: Yeah, no that feels really feels really powerful. And I think in what you just said, I sense something that came up for me, which is I have to know where where my kind of erotic center lives in order to be able to tap into that or at least be able to explore that um I went on a walk the other day with with another high person actually who um you know we had we had a pretty um, intimate conversation and I realized that I had never really masturbated without pornography before Hmm. and I realized that I, I don't know how to do that I don't know how to just tap into my own erotic world and of course that um, is a tragedy (laughs) which I will try and (laughs) do something about but the other interesting piece is in something like this where I you know uh, I'm choosing not to have visual aids and I'm not there with another person so they are not my visual aid it becomes a really interesting like it becomes a really foreign territory to me and I think there is something a little bit scary in the middle of all that
2: Mm. Yeah. I mean, what arises for me when you're sharing that, Haya, is uh, I believe to really have any type of potent, fulfilling sexual experience, it requires us to truly be receptive. And this is beyond receptive, like, oh, I'm holding out my hand and I'm going to receive the apple that you're giving me. Uh, it's actually an invitation to look at the the container of our, our energy field, our auric field as permeable, that our bodies are energetically permeable. And to really connect in an erotic experience on the phone requires us to choose on a deep level that I am going to allow myself to be permeable. And receptive and vulnerable to this person's energy in a way that it is risky. It is vulnerable because we're trained to keep guards up and in a way, mm-hmm. rightly slow because there's a lot of fucked up shit going on in the world now, right? That we yeah. need to keep our guards up. And the challenge is is that, I find a lot of people are walking around more with kind of brick walls surrounding us as opposed to these kind of like permeable membranes. So to me, the beautiful thing about phone sex in particular is that it really allows us to practice cultivating our sensitivity and our ability to really feel ourselves and to begin feeling other people energetically where I could be on the phone with a lover, you know, like he, like, I, I, I was, it was beautiful. I was driving over here and a lover of mine who I've been, you know, connecting with for a few months called me and because we have so much trust in our relationship, my nervous system, my energetic system is so receptive to him. He got on the call and like he said one thing it's like my king is needing you right now my king is longing you and because i am mm-hmm. so receptive to his energy like my, i'm driving in the car and my whole body is pulsing an orgasm because mm-hmm. i've chosen to take down my walls to this person so that's kind of what i'm hearing and what you're what you're saying hi and what arose for me is the practice of um, being willing to be penetrated <laughs> by another person's energy in a deeply pleasurable and vulnerable and intimate way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And not just willing, but like actively inviting that, right? Kind of desiring. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Ariel, I am just blown away by your intimacy in your voice and in what you've shared and your vulnerability and your, and Haya nailed it with you. I mean, just your embodiment of yourself is just evident. I'm really excited for people to hear this as we head into this holiday that often has a lot of pressure around how to relate and connect, especially romantically and sexually, but also it's an invitation to connect romantically um, with ourselves, with others, even if you are someone listening to this that doesn't have a partner to play with this. I think there's so much in what Ariel you've just shared about um, getting in touch with what our body is telling us and allowing that forward. And so I'm just, I'm really excited about that and and grateful to you for coming on today.
2: Yeah, it's such a pleasure. And I I do want to add in one piece of You know, for those of you who are listening, who don't currently have a partner or aren't, you know, currently engaging with other people intimately, if you are in a place where you do have a desire to call in a partner or different lovers, uh, one of the most powerful things we can do to um, call in a partner or lovers who are really aligned with our energy is to cultivate a lovership with ourself. You know, so, so often what can happen is we, the default is to outsource our pleasure, meaning that, oh, I need another person to give me the type of pleasure that I'm longing for. And that can actually create uh, a rather unhealthy relationship with sexuality and pleasure in intimacy dynamics when, we're, when we feel like we need another person in order to experience the type of pleasure that we're longing for. So when we commit to cultivating the practice of learning how to be our own best lover, it aligns us energetically to actually be more available for uh, the type of loverships with other people that we're truly longing for. So just wanting to plant that seed if you're currently finding yourself just alone with yourself these days. That's beautiful.
0: Arielle, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely wonderful to uh, to dive into this with you. Um, I, I love spending time with you. So being able to do so with a recorder rolling for a bit is a special treat.
2: Yay, I love you, Hyatt. so good to connect with you. <laughs> and Kate, such a pleasure to meet you and feel you. And just thank you for your receptivity.
1: Of course. My pleasure. And it, it's been a true gem to, to speak with you today. Thank you. And I'd love for you, if you have a moment more, to just share with our listeners about where they might find you. Are you What are you up to in the
2: world these days? Yes. Yeah, so uh, for those who are interested, uh, the main ways I work with people currently are through one-on-one mentorship and intimacy containers for people who are really wanting to tap more into um, their authentic self and really tapping into that deep, pure, uh, energetic space within them that really creates all of our life and reality. So I work with private clients, and then uh, I have a project coming up called the Cosmic Tantra Community, which is uh, going to be an online membership portal for people who are really wanting to kind of birth the new paradigm of intimacy, sex, and human connection in community. And uh, if people are interested in learning more about that, you can go to www.arielbrown.com. Yeah, I feel like my website gives a good transmission of the ways that we can weave together. And yeah, it's just a pleasure to be able to share. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank
1: you. And we'll put all your information in the show notes as well.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Human Awareness Podcast. For more information about the Human Awareness Institute or our workshops, please visit our website at hi.org, That is haai.org.
1: As always, it was a pleasure to have you with us.
0: See, See you soon. soon. <laughs>